Mark, isn't it amazing that Wendy Carlos's music for The Shining was never top 40? It's the feel-good song of the year. Yeah, I agree. It is. Too bad. Never never top 40. Why are we no. talking about this and not the fact that the Mets are in the World Series? Uh, by the way, by the time most people listen to this podcast... The Mets will have will already been swept. <laughs> we will have lost in a best of seven series. We will have been swept three games to nothing. That's how bad we'll do. We should probably also mention. By the way, this is our this is our uh, our Digiween 2015 uh, podcast. So it's all Halloween, all spooky stuff today, except for one one oh, movie. Oh, yeah. that's why the <laughs> shining why. music. Oh yeah, clever. Uh, but uh, the the passing of Maureen O'Hara, which. Um, which made me cry. No, it didn't. It did. I, I cried. You know why you cry? Because you're a freak. That's why. I'm not saying it's not sad. I'm just saying cry. Because they're going away. The the, the whole golden age, they're, they're, they're dying left and right. Olivia Haviland is like the only one left now. That is true. And she's about, she's what, 99, 100? She's something like that. I think she's going to be 100. Okay, what is your anyway. favorite? Okay, what is your favorite oh, Marino Hara movie? And you cannot say How Green Is My Valley. <laughs> yes, you gotta say something else. Uh, yeah, other than How Green Was My Valley, I would say uh, Miracle, Miracle. Oh, Miracle I was gonna on, say that. Miracle on 34th Street. You can't Street. say that because I was gonna say I'll, that. Uh, fine, then I'll, I'll say uh, Quiet Man. Quiet Man, sure. <laughs> yeah. Just because it, because the E.T. tie in. I mean, I love The Quiet Man, but the whole, uh, the whole E.T. thing is just, it's priceless. She's yeah. in E.T. She's in E.T. Vicariously by way of The Quiet Man, but she's in E.T. She, she was the voice of E.T. Exactly. That's right. By the way, her real name, Maureen Fitzsimmons. It's still Irish. <laughs> that's why, I mean, that's... But somehow O'Hara was, was uh, considered better than yeah. Fitzsimmons. Yeah, well, sure, I guess. Exactly. Anyway, so, uh, yes, loads of Halloween stuff. I mean... Look at that pile. Look at that unreal, stack. Right, right? I mean, look. I'm, I'll be honest. Did I watch even a fraction of these? No. I, you, can, you can't. You just can't. But but we gotta we gotta mention them. And by the way, right off the uh, off the top of the show, um, some interesting little. Uh, so I have seen some Halloween oriented stuff that's not on DVD and Blu-ray, but definitely worth talking uh, talking about. Uh, Mike Mendez, good friend of the podcast, by way of his uh, his brother Mario Mendez. Mike Mendez, uh, director of Big Ass Spider, and Lava Lantula, which we will mention today, comes out. Actually, next week on, on November the 3rd, so it's not coming out in time, but we're going to talk about it on the Halloween show because it warrants it. But Mike also directed uh, one of the uh, episodes in Halloween Tales, which is in theaters right now. That's cool. Yeah, and Halloween Tales, 11 films by 11 directors. Have you seen it? Have you seen it, Halloween Tales? I haven't seen a movie in like two weeks. Oh, because you've been, you've been, you know. I've been worrying about the Mets all yeah, the time. Okay. No, Halloween, he, he directs uh, an episode of Halloween Tales called uh, Friday the 31st. It's hilarious. It's there great. It's really, really sharp. I'm, I'm so, just saying that when he wins an Oscar, he should thank his brother and he should thank us. Better believe it. Better believe it. So, yeah, I, I urge people, go out and definitely, if you're going to go see something in the theater, see Halloween Tales. And also to be looking for down the line, uh, we've talked about zombie comedies, zomcoms and, you know, zombies, whatever you want to call them. We've talked about some of those in the past. Um, I saw one that's going to be uh, screening at AFM soon. Uh, absolutely top tier. It is so much better. Like I mean, we sort of enjoyed Zombievers in a in a roundabout way, but Night of the Living Deb, Mark Deb D E B, as in uh, short for Deborah Debbie. Now I liked Zombie Land with Woody Harrelson. You are going to love Night of the Living Dead. Dry, very dry sense of humor. Very funny. When did you, when did you see this? I saw this last week. Okay. Yeah, saw it last week. Uh, very, very funny and uh, definitely worth catching. It is, um, 
Uh, it's my sense of humor. It's totally my sense of humor. I mean, it's basically, it's a romantic comedy. Two people, you know, who just uh, meet cute, right? And then uh, everybody around them starts turning into a zombie after, after this, this meet cute. And you eventually find out, you know, what, the, what transpired and what's causing it. But it's, uh, it is just gut-bustingly hilarious. I, I put it right up there with Shaun of the Dead. I like Shaun of the Dead. I do. I put it right up there with Shaun I like of the all, Dead. I, I like all the, yeah. uh, the Edgar Wright, that, that yeah. whole trilogy. Yep. So the Cornholio trilogy, whatever so, he calls it. I, Cornetto what, trilogy. Whatever it is. The Cornetto so, trilogy. So absolutely, uh, that's going to, I guarantee that's going to get picked up, and uh, you're going to love it. Uh, so that'll get picked up. That'll show up on DVD and Blu-ray, maybe in theaters. Okay, so we... Definitely. S- so Night of the Living Deb by, okay. uh, by Kyle Rankin. Okay, so Kyle we... Kyle Rankin s- directed it. So we spent five minutes talking about a movie our, our fans cannot see. Correct. So now we're going to talk about stuff that everybody uh, needs to see, okay, right? Yeah, Absolutely. And, you know, we got that. We got uh, some Blu-ray news. Tell you what's oh, coming up. Yeah. No, no, we'll do some stuff first. Come on. Yeah, people yeah. are here for the Blu-rays and DVDs and All right. You know what? Uh, something that actually has officially been released. And it's, it's, you know, we have a few big things, uh, a few big movies, and this is sort of sideways Halloween related, but, you know, Jurassic World uh, 3D or not 3D is out on Blu-ray and DVD and 3D Blu-ray. Um, would you consider this a Halloween movie? Uh yes, I mean it's uh, dinosaurs are monsters. Did it, you know, I guess. did it scare you? You know, scared me. I, I found this movie very serviceable. I, it scared me how bad it was. <laughs> That's what scared me. I hate this movie. It, it was. I truly hate this movie. It was bad, and then it's and then it got upgraded to uh, you know well, just a workmanlike. I'll, I'll say this: I I, I I dislike the movie. I don't I don't loathe it with quite the the brooding, seething contempt as Corey does. I mean, Corey really hated this thing. Like, just went completely off his rocker. Hated it so much. I kind of expected it, but here's here's the problem. Like, you know, it, it's essentially the same movie as Jurassic Park. It goes through all the same beats. It kind of, except that it takes like the Jeff Goldblum and the Sam Neill character, and it combines them, and you get them sort of merged together in uh, in Chris Pratt, right? But it's still, you know, Ron Howard's daughter, Bryce Dallas Howard, she sort of plays the Laura Dern character, right? And then you've, and then it, 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 everybody sort of fills the obligatory parts. You've got uh, um, Irfan Khan sort of plays the Richard Attenborough character, right? And it goes through all the same beats. You got the kids, and then the kids go wrong, and then the family's worried, and they got to go get the kids. And oh, I mean, it's, it's, there is, it's you the know same what? freaking movie. For Universal, there is way too much at stake for them to start taking chances on uh, the avant garde Jurassic Park movie. And it's the biggest opening of any movie in history. Until Star Wars. Yeah, well, well probably. But still, I mean, it's Probably crazy. Star Wars is going to... I, I think I said this on the, on the Facebook page. In our lifetime, we will never see anything like the Star Wars opening, except possibly the sequel to Star Wars if the first one is as good as we're hoping. Do you realize that we are now, this year, we are as far from Star Wars as Star Wars was from Gone with the Wind? I'm just saying. Uh, you know what? You've used that before, and I don't get it. Anyway, Jurassic World, that. you know what? Saturday, it's a Saturday night piece of crap. You love it when I do that. I do not love it. You I do, do not love it. it at all. Yes, you do. Well, let me tell you something, Wade. There's, a, uh, there's this movie that I don't think it's ever been on Blu-ray before. It's called Army of Darkness. Nice. You know, I don't know that the... Uh, do you think the Army of Darkness films have been out on uh, Blu-ray before? Uh, Army of Darkness? I will, I will do a quick investigation on I, that. I but... believe there's about maybe... I'm thinking maybe eight different versions of... Uh, 
Army of Darkness on Blu-ray. And Army of Darkness, uh, <laughs> yes, was first on the... Uh, this is now the collector's edition on Blu-ray. It was previously on Blu-ray is the Screwhead edition. Uh, it was also on HD DVD. It was uh, also out prior to that in an HD DVD slash DVD combo set. It was also out on DVD in the Boomstick uh, edition, in the official bootleg edition, in the director's cut, and the theatrical cut. So pretty much for 15 years, we've been just getting relentless... Uh, yeah. All the Evil Dead Army of Darkness movies, it's just it's nonstop. By the way, I still say this should have they should have gone with their original title, Medieval Dead, which is the greatest pun ever. Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Medieval Dead. Come on, why didn't they do that? Uh, I don't get it. Anyway, this has three discs, the theatrical version, the director's cut, and an international cut. Each one has a lot of very decent um, extras. A lot of them you have seen on previous iterations of the uh, Blu-ray. So I would uh, pass on this unless you don't... If you don't have Army of Darkness on Blu-ray, by all means get this one. Otherwise, you can keep any one of the 75 previous uh, versions of the Blu-ray. We, uh, we also have The Howling 2. Um, Electric Boogaloo? Yes, exactly. Uh, Howling 2, not as good as the original Howling, not by any uh, stretch, but you know what it has that the original Howling did not have? You know what it has? It's got Christopher Lee, it's got Sybil Danning, and it's got Reb Brown. That's the Reb whole, Brown? Reb Brown, Christopher Lee, and Sybil Danning. That is the holy trinity of uh, 80s B-movies. Yeah, but right Reb there. Brown, was, uh, he was Captain America. No, Red Brown wasn't just Captain America. He was your the Hunter from the Future. And I urge everyone right now, if you've never heard of your the Hunter from the Future, which we did review once on this show, just go to YouTube and search on your the Hunter from the Future. Uh, Y O R Y O R opening credits song, opening credits, opening titles, any of those things. You will come up with the most hysterical opening to any movie ever. The song is not to be believed. I uh, I sing it in the shower to this day. And uh, the anyway, um, Howling Two from Scream Factory, the uh, the. Shout Factory label. I, I actually kind of enjoy this. I mean, it's not for people who enjoy the howling. It really does kind of stand alone. It is, it is wonderful cheese. And uh, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. I really did. Anything with Sybil Danning, I just I can't resist. Uh, you know, Battle Beyond the Stars, all that stuff. Uh, Sybil Danning, just one of those guilty pleasures from another era. I, I wonder what she looks like now. Anyway, Sybil this was, Danning? This was produced I by... I guarantee you it would not be pretty. It will not be pretty. By the way, this was produced by Hemdale... Uh, a company that did Platoon. You remember Hemdale? They did Platoon? Hemdale? Yes. They still owe me $250. Hemdale, by the way, is the company started by? Uh, uh, Former Beetle? Hem? No, no, Hem? no, 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 no. That's Handmade. Oh, that, yeah, that's Handmade. The George Harrison's company. Yeah, you threw me there. I was, I, I was like, I, I don't know. Yeah, what? They, no, they still owe me $250. I go after their asses. For, for the last 25 years, they've owed me $250. I, what, I, what I'm saying is that uh, you should make yeah. that happen. Yeah, totally. All right. All right, Mark, talk about uh, something so disgusting I don't even want to touch it. I'm yeah, not even, not even going to touch that. Don't touch this? No. Yeah, you know what? The whole human centipede thing, I, I just considered it the, uh, the end of civilization. I, I just worst. didn't understand. I just, I, maybe I'm just – maybe the idea of people eating, eating out each other's asses is just, <laughs> just fantastic. That's just good human drama. You know what I hate about these films? It's a, it's a Saw thing too where what they do is they, they come up with an, with an excuse – 
just to put mm-hmm. the most disgusting crap on screen you can possibly imagine. And then they give the villain like this, some moral thing that like somehow justifies that. Like in Saw, he wanted people. And I, I remember talking to Luke Thompson about this because Luke said, no, no, in Saw, it's not torture porn because the guy had cancer and he really wanted to stop that. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a cheap justification. That's all it is. They, they don't really care about cancer, yeah, disease, or moral whatever. It's to stop that. Yeah. Anyway, this is uh, the complete moral centipede uh, uh, ass trilogy, a- the assagy, a- and it includes uh, the human centipede first sequence, uh, a full sequence, and final sequence, and uh, it's got some audio commentaries with some of the asses. The actually the asses actually uh, speak. So audio commentary with six of the asses. Unbelievable. I barely understand what they're saying. They make asses of themselves. I, I can normally control myself, but I, it's just too funny. You, you know what? It, you, know, you know what? It is, you know what? It is? It's like I can't get behind a movie that is just trying to be sick. No, it's I like know. why? It's like you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to just take a. Uh, I'm just going to club a homeless man with a baseball bat for an hour and a half until he's a bloody pulp, and that's my movie. Oh, but the homeless man—he got cancer. Yeah, he, you know, actually, the homeless man—he once robbed a boy when he was a little kid, and he—that's his karmic payback. But it's okay. See, so I, I, I can have a movie where a guy gets beaten by a baseball bat for an hour and a half because, because there's a moral quandary involved. Yeah, thank you. So it's all justified. Y- y- That's I'm my movie. S- it's Well, you go make that. You go make <laughs> I that sure movie. sure will. For a budget of $140 million. Oh, my goodness. So uh, Edgar Allan Poe's Black Cats, uh, a boxed set from Arrow Video, two adaptations by Sergio Martino and Lucio Fulci. Lucio Fulci, the of course, the, the legendary giallo master. Uh, oh, my gosh, that was so funny, Mark. Thank you for making my evening. Um, anyway, these are, uh, these are from the uh, 80s and the 70s, and uh, the films are Your uh, Vice is a Locked Room and Only I Have the Key. And the other one is Black, the Black Cat. Uh, your Vice is a locked room, and only I have the key is the, uh, the one directed by Sergio Martino, which is arguably the lesser of the two. But Fulci's uh, The Black Cat is, is actually, if you like Fulci, it's kind of interesting. And there's some decent stuff on here. Uh, Chris Alexander, the uh, editor of Fangoria magazine, does an audio commentary that's actually quite smart and very good. Uh, so I applaud him for that, even if I'm not a huge fan of the film. But I do have a certain respect for the film after listening to the commentary. And uh, lots of great loca- uh, location stuff in here. Uh, you know, the original locations for the film. And then there's, you know, a, uh, an interview with uh, Dag Marla Sander, an actress in the film, and a whole bunch of other fun stuff. So this is a nice box set from, uh, from Arrow that includes a, uh, a little booklet and uh, two, you know, two Blu-rays. It's, uh, you know, it's, I mean, if you, if you know the story, it's pretty cool. Uh, and then we've got uh, a bunch here from Twilight Time. Now, uh, w- I'm only going to mention one of these that has nothing to do with Halloween because it- it's just part of the Twilight Time releases for this month. Uh, but it's it's Devil in a Blue Dress, which is a really good film, by the way. Uh, it is yeah, a good film. It's a really good film. Carl Franklin yep. just directs the hell out of this movie. Uh, and it is essentially a, a noir uh, based, you know, Walter Mosley is 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 famed for sort of being the uh, the the black, uh, you know, um, uh, Dashiell Hammett or uh, you know any of those hard boiled pulp guys. He's very much the modern version of that, except it all takes place sort of in in you know in black communities of like the 30s and 40s and stuff like that. And Denzel Washington uh, just he just kills it in here as Easy Rollins, who is sort of the uh, the black Sam Spade. 
And uh, I agree. Is, Good this stuff. Is a, this is a terrific film. It is beautifully written, beautifully directed, uh, really sharp. Just feels old-fashioned noir right to its bones. Great cast. And uh, if you didn't know, yes, Jennifer Beals is in this, and Tom Sizemore before he went, you know, full uh, full B movie. Uh, Elmer Bernstein wrote a great score to this thing, which you get in an isolated score track. Um, and Don Cheadle. This was Don Cheadle's big breakthrough. Yeah. John Cheadle was a nobody until he played Mouse in this thing, and he is so funny, and he is so sharp, and he is so brilliant, and he's just wonderful. Uh, so uh, his screen test is part of the extras here. And by the way, you've got to go to ScreenArchives.com, ScreenArchives.com, to get any of the Twilight Time uh, stuff. But uh, this is a great movie. So it's not a Halloween theme, but it's a really great film, and I'm, I'm thrilled that it's out. Here's the other good stuff that you can get at ScreenArchives.com, thanks to Twilight Time this month. Strange Invaders, absolutely fantastic uh, uh, UFO invasion B-movie throwback by Michael Laughlin. A load of fun uh, from 1983. This thing is just a blast. It's a total blast. Um, I, I, I just, you know, Diana Scarwood, a lot of other great 80s actors, really a lot of fun. Uh, Count Yorga, Vampire. If you love the Count Yorga movies, you know what I'm talking about. This is good stuff. Uh, this is, uh, stars Robert Quarry and Roger Perry, Michael Murphy. This is good 1970s uh, vampire stuff. Really good. Uh, Black Widow with Deborah Winger and Teresa Russell. Another uh, classic throwback from the 1980s, uh, late 80s in this one. Uh, two really fine actresses, directed by Bob Rafelson. Uh, this film was ripped to shreds, I think, at the time, but I disagree. Ron Bass, who, of course, wrote a lot of great movies, including Rain, Joy, Man. Rain Man, Joy Luck Club. Uh, Ron Bass wrote the screenplay. I think it's sharp. Bob Rafelson, one of his last films, very, very sharp movie. So uh, that's Black Widow. Uh, we got John Carpenter's Vampires, which is uh, not top-flight John Carpenter, but certainly decent. You know, this is 1998. Uh, some, it's a solid cast. You got, you know, James Woods and uh, Maximilian Schell, and it's, uh, you know, it's fine. It, it's, it's, it's adequate. It's serviceable, as you said about Jurassic Park. And then uh, lastly, Scream and Scream Again, um, a movie which I am not that fond of. This is 1970. It's sort of that, that era. It's very faithful to its era. Uh, so it's got that kind of, uh, you know, uh, hammery feel to it. Uh, Vincent Price, Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, uh, certainly a very hammery uh, cast, but, you know, um, that's sort of all it's got. A- anyway, as far as vintage films go, it's worth checking out if you're, if you're a fan of, you know, horror films and, and spook films from that particular era. Um, you know, but otherwise I wouldn't, I wouldn't go out of your way for it. Anyway, that's also out on Blu-ray from Twilight Time. All of these have isolated scores, all of them available from, uh, at ScreenArchives.com. So uh, there you go. Check it out. We'd also check out, or actually uh, don't check out, the uh, Class of Newcomb High 3. Now, if you are familiar with Trauma, you know what the Class of Newcomb High is. This is the uh, second sequel to the uh, series, and i got to tell you, the first one was, uh, you know, Trauma... It was typical trauma stuff. Uh, by the time you get to Nukem High 3, it's just really terrible. It's just... The problem with Nukem High 3 is that, you know, all the trauma films are a combination of, like, you know, you know, you know, B-jokes and B-effects. This, mm-hmm. this one is just trying to be too... This one is trying to be funny more than it is trying to be, like, half funny, half kind of gross and disgusting. And the thing is that it's just not funny. So once it's not funny, you pretty much lose its whole thing. So... I would pass on Nukem High 3. This thing is just totally lame. Um, there's an evil twin thing going on, and that just went nowhere. And the guy who directed this just is completely uninspired, even for even by trauma standards. So I would really consider uh, passing on Nukem High 3, the good, the bad, and the subhumanoid. 
You know what shocks me is that there have only been three Nukem High movies. I would have expected Lloyd. It's like Lloyd's losing a little bit of his edge, right? Don't you? Like, how I old is Lloyd now? Lloyd's got to oh, be like I don't know, seventy uh, something, wouldn't you think? Seventy something. So. Yeah, he's been. I mean, like low seventy three. I'm going to guess seventy three, seventy four, <laughs> seventy four. Let's say seventy five. How about seventy five? Do I hear seventy six? Seventy six, everyone. Do I hear seventy six? And sold is seventy six. <laughs> Tell me, seventy four. Oh, am I, am I supposed to tell oh, you? Oh, I thought you were looking it up. I was okay, not. never mind. All right. Am I supposed to say something? Uh, here, well, I'll, I'll keep going on a couple of other traumas. I got a couple other traumas here. Um, one of them is uh, pro wrestlers versus zombies. Not as funny as Night of the Living Deb, uh, but it's okay. Uh, this guy, this is this is kind of really the only reason to see this is because it has pro wrestlers in it because it's got Rowdy, the, the late Rowdy Roddy Piper is in the this. late Rowdy Roddy Piper yeah he shows not up not quite this. ready to say that yet but no I know it sucks right having to say that uh, no it's a little over it, it, it overindulges the, the, the gore factor a little bit it doesn't it's, it doesn't quite have its balance right but anyway Kaufman does an intro on this and uh, there's a commentary by the uh, by the director Cody Knotts it's okay um, but not you know it just it, it, at a certain point I need more than just the fact that the movie lives up to its title and has pro wrestlers and zombies in it uh, just isn't really enough. Um, anyway, uh, the other trauma title I got here is uh, Theater of the Deranged 2. Now, this is an anthology. I never saw Theater of the Deranged 1, uh, but judging from this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that it's probably pretty much the same deal, which is a lot of different ways to, to, to kill people and uh, dismember them, which is fine if that's your thing. So, uh, also, Kaufman does an intro here as well, and you get bloopers and audio commentary and a bunch of other stuff. It's, uh, you know, it's, it is what it is. It's, it's, you know, if you, look, if you haven't seen Theater of the Deranged One, I can't imagine you're going to want to run out and see this. I disagree. And, uh... uh wait, there's a, a yes. B-movie you might want to watch. Yeah. Which I kind of have to recommend. And how, old is Lloyd, how old is Lloyd Kaufman? Huh? How old is he? I haven't looked yet. Oh, okay. You, you really want me to look, don't you? I'll look. While you talk about that, I'll look it up. Wait, here's the thing. Now, this movie is not based on a true story, but it is about um, these uh, 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 mosquitoes who bite these spacemen, or these guys who came from space, and uh, they mutate, and they become super powerful mosquitoes who wind up terrorizing a group of campers. You're like, that's beautiful. That sounds stupid, Uh, but it is stupid. But Mosquito, by Gary Jones knows how stupid it is, it embraces how stupid it is, and it has fun with how stupid it is. Movie's 20 years old, but uh, still, you know what? I think this, uh, this had some uh, we, moments. Lloyd Kaufman's going to hate us. We so oversold his age. He's 69. Aww. Yeah, 74. I aged him five years beyond his, his age, beyond his expiration date. <laughs> oh, he, he, he's the He worst. has no expiration date. Exactly. Lloyd will be around forever. Oh, wait, this movie called Angst. Now, Angst, you know Angst is bad because it was uh, uh, recommended on the DVD or the Blu-ray box by Gaspar Noe. Gaspar Noe, of course, called this thing the rarest masterpiece of cinema. What does the rarest masterpiece of cinema mean? Uh, anything Gaspar Noe says, I just pretty much ignore these days. Uh, now, you know why I ignore it? Because I saw that it, apparently his new film, which is all X-rated and you know on-screen sex and whatnot, and I don't really care. I'm not interested in going because his last film, that into the into the what was it? Into the vortex, into the into matrix, the into the void. That stupid, horrific thing shot in Tokyo. Uh, did you see it? Did you I see did. It, the void? How do you feel about the fact that, that in one part of the film, if we may be, may be so graphic, spoiler ahead for the next 10 seconds, that you are actually inside a woman's cervix with a penis thrusting right in your face in like 
a 19-foot screen. How do you feel about the fact that he did that to you? That, that is some documentary realism. I that love is it. just I'm, it's just why? What is your problem, Noah? What is your problem? Why are you just so sadistic? Why do you hate movies? Why do you hate audiences? But this I want to know. So but, what does he have to say well, about this? Angst, uh, he calls it the rarest masterpiece of cinema. This thing is, uh, I, I, I guess I could say it's a little better than a Gaspar Noe film, which means it's like crap plus. It's not crap, it's crap plus. It's a, uh, it's a film about this guy who's played by Erwin Letter, who was in uh, Schindler's List and Don's Boat. He plays a killer, and actually, the movie's based on a true story. There was a killer in, in Vienna, and uh, this movie's based on the killer in Vienna, and he, you know, he's going through the countryside, killing people. It's very stylish. It actually has a very interesting score by uh, Klaus Schultz. I'll give it that. Otherwise, this thing was a big hit in its home country, but uh, it went nowhere uh, here because it's kind of a dime a dozen, these sorts of movies here. Um, but it's got a new to high-definition transfer, which for a movie that came out in 1983 looks very good. There's a 40-page booklet. You've got to give uh, cult epics uh, some props for doing this thing right. They, I wish they would take better movies and give it this kind of treatment, but they, uh, they, have it, uh, they started with angst here. But um, there's a booklet. There's an audio commentary by a f- uh, film critic, uh, introduction by Gaspar Noé, who I guess is a friend of the director. But otherwise, this thing is a classic in its home country, but for us, it's, like, uh, it's lame. All a lot right, of first-person well. stuff, too, which I, really annoyed me. You know... Um, Bruno Mattei is a uh, kind of modern giallo director that I'm not fond of. He, he passed away some years ago, and uh, this is one of his last films. It's called The Jail, The Women's Hell. Uh, this is from Intervision, uh, and, uh, you know, I can't. I, I guess if the name Bruno Mattei means anything, if he's one of those horror auteurs that means something to you, then just knock yourself out. But honestly, this is just... Uh, it's like what Mark was saying. It's like, let's just... Let's just see how unbelievably horrific and vile and degrading we can be over the course of 98 minutes. And uh, good times. I, it's, this is not scary to me. It's just gross. Uh, it's, you know, I'm a fan of women's prison movies because you know, all that stuff that Jonathan Demme used to write for, uh, for Corman back in the day, that's all fun, but not, not here. Um, Domiziano Cristofaro, another uh, Italian director, uh, directed Hyde's Secret Nightmare. Um, this is actually far less nightmarish as a horror film than it is unbelievably explicit. Uh, they, they proudly declare this triple uh, X rated, which, uh, you know, um, I, I, I guess if, if that's your thing for, for Halloween, but that sort of defeats the purpose of Halloween, I, I, I think, on a certain level. Still, uh, he, as, as I understand it, um, Domiziano Cristofaro has a certain following. So, uh, again, this is from the uh, 1-7 Movies line at CAV. I'd say knock yourselves out. Uh, Wait, we have a lesser film from uh, Wes Craven called Shocker. Yay. You like this movie? The late Wes Craven. Oh, that's fine. But uh, this is one of his lesser efforts, as far as I'm concerned, from 1989. Uh, Here we got a guy who is uh, being a a criminal, being put to death uh, because he's a horrible person. And instead of dying, he becomes like this uh, energy thing. (laughs) I don't know. He's like like a supervillain kind of a guy. And the only one who can uh, defeat this uh, energy villain is this, uh, you know, this young athlete. And, uh, you know, they... they they fight each other th- by going in and out of TV programs. Yeah. You kind of have to see it. It's, There's a little uh, bit of commentary in there, which I kind of yeah. like. But uh, ultimately, I think this is like, like Lesser Craven. 
But I got to say, uh, Scream Factory, as usual, they knock it out of the park uh, Blu-ray, Blu-ray-wise. Uh, it's got an audio commentary with Wes Craven, uh, another audio commentary with the, uh, with the DP and the producer and the composer. Um, yeah, so it's a good, uh, the, uh, good Blu-ray for a lesser Craven film called Shocker. Also, we have a film that um, I actually, you know what? I don't like Giallo films. We just talked about Giallo films. Yeah. But I kind of like this film called The Editor because it was a uh, kind of a fun little homage to Giallo films. This is from 2014. This, in this movie, um, there is a, uh, an editor, and where he has wooden fingers. Ooh. Yes. That's good. So like he's like, ooh, that's interesting. He got into this horrible accident, and he's got four wooden fingers. So because he has four wooden fingers, he is now reduced to editing Italian horror films, otherwise known as Yalo films. And uh, you know, one of the actors from the uh, movie he's cutting is killed. He's the prime suspect. And I won't tell you anymore because I kind of like the editor. I think that uh, it's there's a little there's a bunch of inside jokery going on. So if you understand the giallo genre and you understand its tropes and its cliches, you might get a little bit more out of the film. But uh, you know, I thought this thing was kind of fun. It's it's, it's you know, it's horror geeks will enjoy it. It's very festivalish, you know, very like like slam dance kind of like underground festival kind of a thing. Yeah. And I kind of liked it. It's uh, got an audio commentary, a making of, some deleted scenes. So you know what? If you like giallo films and you got a sense of humor about them, I would check out the editor. You know how I feel about that? Wow. Thank you. That is insane. I just had to, you know, wait You're for an opportune man. moment. Uh, you know you know what I... Uh, Toby Hooper, you were talking about Lesser Wes Craven. Well, this is Lesser Toby Hooper. And uh, I say that because Toby Hooper basically made one famous film and uh, one really good film. The famous film, obviously, is uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is not a very good film, but it's legendary. And the good film is, of course, Poltergeist, which is sort of the only decent film he ever made. I know Life Force has a following. I'm sorry. All you Life Force fans, yeah, fine. fine. It's okay. Music by Henry Mancini. (laughs) I I love saying that. Whenever Life Force comes up, I have to remind everybody that the guy who did, like, you know, the Pink Panther and and, and, and the Tiffany's and did Life Force. That's great. Anyway, uh, this is Eaten Alive, which uh, is definitely like minor Toby Hooper, but it's out in a really splashy Blu-ray DVD combo uh, special edition uh, from Arrow Video. And Arrow is really they're they're digging up a lot of really interesting stuff. Uh, this is uh, this stars uh, Robert Englund, uh, full ten years almost before he uh, played Freddy Krueger, and. Uh, you know, uh, this is one of those kind of southern fried, quasi. Was it's like it's like a it's like a Bayou slasher film. It it uh, it doesn't really work very well uh, the, because it's very very cheap and the whole thing just it really feels like they shot it over a weekend, uh, but uh, which they probably did. Uh, but that said, the uh, you know the whole thing gets a pretty decent uh, batch of extras. I mean, there's a gob of stuff on here. There are there are trailers and TV spots and alternate titles and uh, and interviews and audio commentaries. It's just it's it's just gob chocked full of stuff. And uh, I I don't know that the movie really warrants it, but. Uh, you know what? Uh, for Toby Hooper, Toby Hooper fans, it's a it's a pretty great special edition to have. So it, it, if you're a fan of Eaten Alive or if you're a fan of Robert Englund, uh, knock yourselves out. Uh, here's here's a couple that I think are a little bit more uh, more legit, and this is more really cool Halloweeny stuff. Uh, the Legacy, uh, 
Um, still pretty scary, actually, to be honest. The Legacy, this is a, a Shout Factory, Scream Factory release. Uh, the original film was released in 1978, and it stars uh, Roger Daltrey. Actually, it doesn't really star Roger Daltrey. It co-stars Roger Daltrey. But uh, no, it, it, this is actually uh, stars the current husband and wife, Catherine Ross and Sam Elliott. Ooh. And I, I, always, I always feel like, Sam Elliott, you dog... You you nailed it. You you like won the brass ring, man. It, it, everybody wanted Catherine Ross. She was the woman. She, I mean, yeah, Dustin Hoffman was Dustin was. Hoffman was after her. Newman and Redford were oh, after her. In movies, not in, in movies. Life. What I'm saying is Sam Elliott. He's the guy that got her. Yeah, and but in, in real life, Catherine Ross, while obviously a very beautiful woman, wonderful she wasn't actress. like you know, Sophia Loren. Well, she kind of was. She was a Sophia Loren of, of the moment in the late '60s. Yeah, you know, she was a thing. Anyway. Uh, no, this is this is great. Uh, Catherine Ross uh, and uh, Sam Elliott play a couple who uh, ha- who break down in the uh, English countryside, and um, the, you know they have an auto accident basically, and uh, that just begins this this really really weird, horrifying uh, just journey into weirdness. You you never want to break down in a part of anybody's countryside where weird stuff is going on, and man, it really it, uh, it they turn the screws pretty pretty well here. Um, really cool score by Michael Lewis, uh, who I'm not terribly uh, familiar with. Makes me want to definitely go uh, dig up some more Michael Lewis scores. Um, but, uh, you know, the, uh, the direction here is really, really tight, really sharp. 1978, and you know who directed this? Because this is timely, Mark. This is a timely thing. This, this ties in with something that's really big right now. Richard Marcond. Oh, that's interesting. Right. The director of uh, Return of the, Return of the uh, Jedi. Uh, Joe died. Yeah, that's right. Richard Markham, who died soon afterwards. You know, I mean, had a very. He could still be directing movies, but he. It was a uh, weird choice to direct that movie. I mean, it was like the. He did. He did. What was it? Eye of the Needle. That thing with uh, Kate Nelligan. Yeah. Yeah. Donald Sutherland, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's I think what put him over the top. I don't think I don't think Lucas saw you know the legacy and said that's my Star Wars guy. But he does. It's really good. He he really turns the screws really nicely. It's uh, it's a sharp little film. And then the other one, one of my all time faves as far as scary movies go, uh, the Sentinel. The Sentinel is still I think just super cool. Um, this uh, this is also Scream Factory, Shout Factory, nineteen seventy seven. Uh, directed by Michael Winner, you know, a guy who just excelled in this uh, in this genre, top to bottom. There's a great audio commentary here with uh, Jeffrey Convitz, who was a writer-producer of the film. Another commentary uh, with Michael Winner, which I think, oddly enough, is kind of less interesting than Jeffrey Convitz's. And then uh, a third audio commentary with actress Christina Raines. And then uh, an interview with the assistant director, some stills, a trailer. Um, pretty great movie. I I love absolutely love uh, the performances in this thing. Everybody just chews the scenery like to to high heaven. Jose Ferrer, uh, Eli Wallach, Burgess Meredith, Arthur Kennedy, uh, John Carradine, Martin Balsam. I mean, it is just it is a cavalcade of stars from the seventies uh, who just all really really know that they're having a great time and uh, they just they turn it all up to eleven. And uh, you know, I never read the novel, but what a what a really really fun movie! It's still super spooky. Uh, so the Sentinel from uh, Shout Factory, Scream Factory, definitely check that out. Wait, we have a couple things before we get into some Blu-ray news. We have Amnesiac. This is a um, fairly ridiculous thriller. It's a little bit like Memento. It stars uh, Kate Bosworth, who of course uh, is really just just terrible. 
and everything she does. Kate Bosworth? She's so nothing. Oh. Just so nothing. But she was so awesome as Sandra D in uh, Beyond the Sea. Oh, but she was so great as Lois Lane in Superman. That's yeah, incredible. opposite Kevin Spacey in both those movies. The worst. Yeah. Anyway, uh, she. Uh, so here's the situation. The situation in uh, Amnesiac is that uh, Wes Bentley wakes up. He's, uh, you know, he's, uh, the, you know, he's sick. Wakes up. Uh, he was in a coma. Uh-huh. And uh, Kate Bosworth says, "Honey, you're awake from your coma. Fantastic. I'm your wife. Remember me?" She claims to be his wife. He's not quite sure that she's really his wife, so he starts mm-hmm. to investigate on his own. Is she really his wife or not? Oh no! Very exciting. In fact, this movie is so stylish that nobody in the movie has a name. She Gosh. plays woman, he plays man, <gasps> and there's detective, postman, and so forth. And then you know what happens? Uh, they all die. <laughs> what happened? Anyway, you know, there's a couple twists and turns here, and of course it has the usual uh, obligatory twist ending at the very, very end that, like, you know, completely destroys the hour that came before it. <laughs> um, but you know what? I just, I just, this thing is very shot, very murky, and uh, I don't like Kate Bosworth, so um, I just think this thing is really, uh, it's kind of a bit of a misfire. Uh, we have also a box set, Horror Classics, Volume 1. This is uh, for Hammer Films. Uh, the Mummy, which is the best one. Uh, Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed from 1970, which is like way too late for a Frankenstein film. Now you, you, what you want is you want the classic universal Frankenstein film. That's right. You know, from the 40s yeah. and whatnot mm-hmm. and 50s. But um, instead we have Taste, The Blood of Dracula from 1970. Dracula Has Risen from the Grave from 1969. This is terrible. And, of course, as I said, The Mummy, which is the original from 1959 and is very, very good. But uh, otherwise, I'd pass on these because uh, unless you're just a Hammer film aficionado, lover, mm-hmm. completist, I'd pass. That's a bummer. It is a bummer. That was a bummer. All right, give us some Blu-ray news, and then I will go through some kid vid for Halloween. Spook your kids. Give them a grand time. Blu-ray news. Yeah. What do we got? <laughs> oh, we have you can pre-order a uh, X-Files complete series Blu-ray set. Be released on December eighth. X Files seasons one through nine. Got to do that. Uh, maybe not. Uh, by the way, we also have um, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase Two Blu-ray collection. Yeah. Now we never got. I at least I never got Phase One. Well, that was back in the uh, the Ike Promutter days when we were being treated like uh, like chopped, rehashed liver. Well, then maybe they can send us a yeah, Phase Two, and you can give it to me. Sure. Let's do that. I'll, that will I'll, never I'll, happen I'll, in a million goddamn years. Right, uh, you know what? Let's let's see what, what we can. Do. You know, we got our we got our holiday show coming up. Uh, week of Black Friday. So uh, let's you. Well, put it out we, there. Let's see what we can pull. Anyways, uh, phase two was uh, Iron Man three, Thor two, Captain America two, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers two, and Ant Man. Uh, of those, I enjoyed uh, Thor. Uh, actually, not Thor. Those I enjoyed. Uh, Captain America two, very good, surprisingly good. Guardians of the Galaxy, good. Uh, the rest, uh, take it away. I wonder if somewhere under the earth, the like 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 a, like eighty thousand leagues beneath the Earth's crust, if there's a little little, little tiny itty bitty movie theater with lots of ants flocking in it to see Man Ant, you think? Well, you see, here's the thing. That joke is is similar to my equally stupid joke, which is that. <laughs> Facebook would not be as popular if it was called Bookface. Yeah, my joke's better. No, my joke's yeah. better. Bookface, hilarious. Anything else there, or do I dive into the eh, A bunch of crap. You know what? Uh, the, you know, the UK branch of Warner Brothers is coming out with a five-disc, five five Blu-ray Harrison Ford collection. You, you oh. don't want that. Uh, Vincent Price, uh, sure. Series 3, 
Collection number three on Blu-ray coming out uh, in a couple of months. You're not going to want that either. So really, it's a little, a little bit quiet. But, uh, you know, also, we didn't get this, which is fine. But last week was the... Uh, uh, they released uh, Star Wars: uh, The Complete Saga, episodes yeah. one through six, on Blu-ray in a box set. Nice, which is not nice because it's not the originals, oh. and all we want are the originals. But you know, Disney is going to do that apparently. If they do Appar- that, I'll buy it. Apparently, they are going to. Re- I, I, my understanding is, at some point, there will be a theatrical re-release of the original cut of Star Wars, where Han Solo shoots first, and no digital CGI BS enhancement, uh, Jabba rolling across the none of that that's all it'll be the absolute original film as we all remember seeing it which i think would be great i think that we've waited a long time for that and the yep. fact that disney i mean it's a little mercenary it, 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 disney isn't doing you, you this for what? historical but, but sake I'm, I'm okay with it being mercenary because they've now finally pried it loose from george lucas's overprotective endlessly revising fingers and and it's what people want you know i mean it's it's sort of the, i want to see fear and desire well we had to wait for kubrick to, to die and for somebody to sort of pry that away from his litigiousness and we all got to see it. And you know what? There's nothing to be ashamed of there. I mean, these guys have to let go of their stuff at a certain point. You realize Woody Allen never watches any of his films once they're done. When he finishes it, he mixes it, you screen it, and he's done. He never goes and ever looks at it again. Ever. And I kind of respect that. He says that. that. I, I don't know, man. I sort of respect that. Anyway, all right, Halloween Kid Vid. There's a lot of stuff here. Uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, Mickey's Monster Musical. We all know that I am no fan of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, but my daughter... For some unbeknownst, godforsaken reason, the fates are just persecuting me. I don't know what. She loves this damn thing. And uh, this is a special Halloween-y uh, episode of it with fun songs. I'll give them that. The songs are fun. You know, uh, the whole, I mean, Count Mikula, whatever. It's a very silly concept. But it, it actually, you know, as far as Mickey Mouse Clubhouse goes, this is much better than most of them. And uh, it's actually quite a lot of fun, uh, you know, comparatively. So I begrudgingly sort of accepted that this was, uh, you know, not as bad as it might have been. But here's the thing. Um, you don't actually have to buy this. I probably shouldn't even say this. You don't actually have to buy this. If you have Apple TV and you go to the uh, Disney Junior uh, app on it, this is the first thing you will see. It's there. It's free, at least for the time being, for the season. So, uh, And you're not going to watch this off-season. So unless you desperately need to own this, and I think I probably do because my daughter just will not stop watching it. Um, she's going to be a spider for Halloween, by the way. Do you know that? Aww. She's a spider. We got we got the greatest outfit, little little shirt with a little female spider with a bow on her head, and then uh, a, a hat, a spider hat with little legs coming off it. So she's going to be mis- basically Mr. Skinny Legs from Peppa Pig. Makes her very happy. All right, rolling through the rest of these. Uh, Monster Mayhem. Uh, this is the uh, this is a, a DC Comics uh, original movie. Uh, with uh, Batman, the Joker, the whole deal. This is, uh, you know, uh, essentially a, a an attempt to sort of capitalize on Batman and Halloween uh, and everything, uh, you know, in between. So why not? I mean, it's not technically all that Halloween-y, but, uh, you know... Did you just say weenie? <laughs> I did, I did, weenie. actually. Uh, we also have R.L. Stein's Monsterville, Cabinet of Souls. Uh, R.L. Stein, of course, the creator of Goosebumps, which is currently tanking in theaters. 
in no, a no, big. No. Well, there's a there was a couple tanks in theaters. Oh this my weekend. gosh, this last weekend was just horrendous, wasn't it? The Martian jacked up to number one again and just buried everything else. Poor Steve Jobs. Oh my gosh. They, they, you know what? They should have cast Christian Bale. Well, that was that was. Did, the you, there was an interesting piece. I think it was in the rap. Was it in the rap where it was somebody? There was an interesting piece, essentially saying you know that when Amy Pascal passed on it, she regretted it, but it was based on casting. When all the name stars were gone, she didn't feel that it was a, a good risk. She didn't think anybody would really want to go see a Steve Jobs movie that, unless it had a big name star in it. This thing barely made more in its opening week. Uh, it's uh, in this, its opening weekend than um, uh, the other Steve Jobs movie with Ashton Kutcher. What does that tell you? That anyway. Ashton Kutcher is totally awesome. Uh, Littlest, Littlest Pet Shop Halloween Fest. Uh, this the only good thing in here is it has a pumpkin carving stencil inside. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, I'm not a fan of the show. Uh, Nickelodeon's Out of the Vault Halloween. Episodes here of Hey Arnold, Angry Beavers. Uh, ah, Real Monsters. Oh, hold on. I mean... Yeah. Real Monsters. Uh, cat uh, plus dog uh, and uh, Rocco's Modern Life. All that uh, Nickelodeon stuff that kind of creeps me out. Uh, Caillou's Halloween. Look, Caillou, you're, you're Canadian. Canadians don't celebrate Halloween. Why would they? They're Canadian. Uh, it just it, it's not, it doesn't go hand in hand with being Canadian. Anyway, uh, yeah, Caillou is, you know, he's going to be a bald trick-or-treater, whatever. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, 13 stories here. It's not that spooky. doesn't mean to be. Peg plus Cat, we love this show. I love it more and more. Uh, the guy who does the voice of Cat just slays me. It's, he's just so funny. Uh, and it's, not, it's like he's not even trying. The cat just, Cat! It's a funny voice. Uh, you know, it's basically a, a cool PBS kids show that uh, is all about math. They integrate math into these little stories of this girl and her really obnoxious talking cat. Um, it's a lot of fun. And this is a, a Peg plus Cat, a totally awesome Halloween also, PBS Kids is uh, Halloween Fun, Word World Building Readers, which is great if, you know, your kid needs to learn to read or if you have a podcast co-host who, who is illiterate and can't read. That's me. Um, Scholastic Storybook Treasures, the classic collection, 20 Halloween stories, terrific, great animation, wonderful stories, including Where the Wild Things Are, which is worth the, the purchase all by itself. Uh, Los Gatos, Black on Halloween, Space Case, uh, The Day of the Dead, A Very Brave Witch. Really, it's a lot of fun. Three hours worth of really, really great scholastic uh, stuff. Uh, I cannot recommend uh, The Care Bears, Mystery in Carolot. This is just shameless. There's nothing Halloween-y about the freaking Care Bears. There is nothing Halloween-y about the Care Bears. Care Bears and Jack-O-Lanterns do not go together. In fact, Care Bears and Wade just don't go together. So uh, I veto the Karen whole thing. and Wade does not go yeah, together. It's just bad. And uh, then uh, Power Rangers Trickster Treat. Uh, that's kind of shameless as well. This is, let me, come on, Mark, seriously, look at that. It's just like, you, it's, uh, we just throw a jack-o'-lantern on the cover of anything and it suddenly becomes uh, officially Halloween. Seriously, Power Ranger holding like a, a pump, freaking pumpkin. Give me a break. The uh, there's four, four episodes in there. And then uh, this one is actually more appropriately uh, spooky for kids and adults. Monster High. Strangely successful still. Boo York, Boo York, a monsterific musical. Um, it comes with uh, on Blu-ray with Ultraviolet. And, uh, so you that's know, Boo York like New York? Kind of, sort of, like the Boo York Mets. <gasps> Does that make sense now? Meet yeah, the Mets. Yeah. Read the Mets. There you go. 
Anyway, so uh, we started with a with a scary musical, the Mickey Mouse uh, Clubhouse. We end with one, uh, Monster High, Boo York, Boo York. So uh, there's some stuff there for the kids. And of course, we didn't what we didn't mention, which is not necessarily out in a new edition, but you can still get on Blu-ray or on DVD. Um, it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, which is just the the forever classic. And we're going to show it to tomorrow. We're going to watch the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Uh, it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. And then the next day, we're going to show uh, my daughter uh, Nightmare Before Christmas and blow her mind because it's all kind of Halloweeny and Christmassy, and it's going to freak her out a little bit, I think. Aww. It, what's funny is when we came back from Disneyland, uh, my wife bought a T-shirt that had Jack Skellington on it, and my daughter thinks it's a, thinks it's a tiger. I'm not sure how to how to explain to her Maybe that Jack is Skellington a isn't a tiger. Well, anyway, all righty. So, um, uh, Mark, let's uh, let's go. Through, we're we're going to try to rock out through the rest of these in uh, the little time that we have left. Left. There is a documentary I'm going to recommend this week. Uh, it is very Halloweeny. Uh, it is called Dark Star: H.R. Giger's World. Um, the uh, this is sort of the. I don't want to say it's the end-all, archetypal, final, last word on Giger, but it's a very interesting documentary. It's a very f- kind of... Uh, it, it's sort of fly on the wall, but it also goes into his history, his friendships, his you know, his marriage, his work on the Alien films, what drives him. And what's most interesting about this is that is that Giger, who, who passed away just last year... Um, really never lived the life of, you would think, oh my gosh, world-famous artist, rich guy, you know, uh, jet-setting around, loaded with money. Actually, he lived like a, like a hoarder. I mean, in, in the same house. He lived that, like a whore? Like a hoarder. Oh, yeah. He eventually almost went broke buying back a lot of his own art pieces for his own, to endow his own museum, believe it or not. Very well, strange thing, like but in, in his house is like this bizarre house, and of course, all the people that work with him and for him, including his wife, they all live there. And you know, there's like this heavy metal guy who was in a like in a, in a death metal band until he met Giger, and then he became like one of Giger's uh, assistants slash groupies, kind of like uh, what's his face Kubrick's guy from uh, from uh, from uh, Barry Lyndon. Yeah, you know what? Uh, uh, yeah. Leon Vitale. Leon Vitale, kind of one of those deals. And uh, there are books stacked everywhere. Like the bathtub has books stacked all the way to the ceiling. But um, you get in. Giger gets into his entire art philosophy too. I mean, and it's very twisted and weird, and yet kind of darkly romantic. Uh, if you're going to watch a documentary, kind of an intellectual documentary on Halloween that deals with things that are very, very Halloweeny, you really could not do uh, much better than Dark Star H.R. Giger's World. Uh, really a really a pretty sharp uh, pretty sharp documentary. So uh, there's a guy named Larry Fessenden. I don't know if you, if, if you have ever heard of him. He is a real multi hyphenate. He's a writer, director, cinematographer, actor, producer, and he tends to do these uh, take it or leave it rather cultish horror films that kind of blurs you know psychology with like you know the supernatural. No, he tries to. <laughs> Well, this uh, collection from the good folks at Scream Factory is uh, called the Larry Fessenden Collection. Oh, that's appropriate. I know, isn't it, though? Uh, It combines four of his films, The Last Winter, Habit, No Telling, and uh, Wendigo, which is probably one of his most famous films, uh, into one decent-looking set. Each film has plenty of um, special features. All of them have commentaries with Fessenden. 
Wendigo is probably the most famous one. It's a terrific movie with a lousy ending, but that's okay because for the 89 minutes before it, you were having a good time. So um, if you feel like you've seen everything in the horror world, I would uh, definitely check out uh, this collection by Larry Fessenden. He's, again, he's a bit of an acquired taste. He's almost like the guy Madden of horror, where you sort of like take yeah. him or leave him. Right. Very stylish, interesting stuff, but not always successful. All right, so I got an interesting little uh, quartet here that I'm going to go through, and it's going to make sense when I get through it. So Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3 are out. Uh, and uh, if you saw Sleepaway Camp 1, it's exactly like the others. Uh, you know, the Sleepaway Camp movies are essentially slasher knockoffs. They're, you know, just like all, you know, uh, whatever else, you, Friday the 13th, Halloween. Uh, it's the same deal. And, you know, the, the obviously everything's set at a camp. And, uh, oh, boy, that's, uh, boy, that's novel, isn't it? And, you know, sure, whatever. So uh, these, are, these are 80s slasher films. They, they're clearly just, uh, you know, um, uh, ripping things off and, and simply capitalizing on the fact that there's something scary and creepy about camp. And who is it that's killing all the kids at camp? Whatever. Okay, so um, with that in mind, again, nothing remarkable about these unless you actually are a fan of the series. Um, then we also have a film called The Final Girl, which is one of those, uh, boy, they picked the wrong woman movies. Uh, decent cast, right? Wes Bentley and uh, Abigail Breslin, uh, you know, who, who you would never imagine that this is the same Abigail Breslin from, you know, uh, uh, Little Miss Sunshine. But it is. And, uh, boy, does she, uh, yikes, uh, reinvents herself here in a really, really scary way. So it's a female vengeance movie called The Final Girl. Now, or just Final Girl. Now, that brings us to The Final Girls, which what? is brilliant. Could I just say this is brilliant? Did you like this it? is so much fun, I can't even begin to tell you. It has nothing to do with, the fi- with Final Girl, just a similar title. But Sleepaway Camp is, in a, in a way, kind of a quasi-inspiration here, because the idea here is that this is, sort of, this is an 80s slasher film uh, homage slash spoof whatever. But it's so clever. It is so smart. And the, the, in here, the, the film in the film is Camp Bloodbath. Same as Sleepaway Camp, just a little bit more, more direct. Um, but the killer is basically, you know, Michael Myers slash uh, 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 um, Halloween. Yeah, uh, Michael. My- no, Michael Myers. But the uh, the what's his face in the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Uh, 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 Jason Voorhees. Jason, thank you, Jason. So it's very it's, it's 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 those two guys. Now here's the idea. This is first of all, if you if you want to understand how far I had to go to actually say I love this movie, it's directed by Todd Strauss Schulson. Oh my God, I love him. Who did the uh, Harold and Kumar Christmas movie? Oh, that's pretty bad. Okay, which I hated, which I truly despised, but. He totally he redeems himself here. So here's the deal. Um, Tessa Farmiga, who is... Uh, Vera Farmiga. Vera Farmiga's younger sister. And there's like 20 of them, right? Like Vera's the oldest, Tessa's the youngest. They're, they're like 21 years apart. And what happened to Vera Farmiga, by the way? She she's, disappeared. She, she, no, she's on uh, Bates Motel. Lame. Been doing Bates Motel. She should be winning an Oscar. I know she should. She will. She'll be there again. So anyway, Tessa Farmiga is the daughter of... Um, Steve a, Farmiga. A, 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 an, an actress, played by Malin Ackerman, 
who was all the rage in that Camp Bloodbath is a 20-something, and but now she sort of can't get any acting and so forth and so on. I won't tell you anything else. All I'll say is that this does kind of a Sherlock Jr.-y thing where she and a bunch of her friends are transported into the movie Camp Bloodbath. Oh, my God. And it, the way it plays that they are in the movie and what they can change and what they can't and how they can't escape from it, it is so clever. It is so genius. It is so brilliant. Uh, it is so uh, un- unconsciously meta that you just – I'm in awe of this movie. And I don't know why it didn't get a better release. Uh, it, it just kind of got burped out there on uh, VOD with a very brief theatrical run just a few weeks ago. And uh, nobody's really doing anything with it. And it, it's, now it's on Blu-ray. You've got to see this. And here's the thing. It's produced by Michael London. Michael Myers. Michael London. Michael London. Michael London, as in... As in Michael uh, Landon, Michael London? No, as in Oscar-nominated Michael London, Whoa. who, you know, produced, genius producer of uh, Sideways. So I, I just don't know what they're... But anyway, The Final Girls is so damn much fun I can't even tell you and and here's the bummer it doesn't get released this week it gets released next week comes out on the 3rd so you can't watch it on Halloween but please watch it after Halloween it's great absolutely great film alright you know what Uh, let me me mention these real quickly because there's a few others and we're we're running out of time and there's a a ton left so before we uh, we, we've got a few minutes left to blast through a whole lot of these so this is also stuff that's all kind of Halloween related but we're mentioning it now Uh, but it all comes out uh, next week so uh, one of them is The Incredible Two-Headed Transplant uh, with uh, Bruce Dern and Pat Priest and Casey Kasem uh, this is a terrible film, but it's hilariously terrible. 1971, um, an uh, AIP film from uh, the good, you know, the, the brilliant Sam Arkoff and his his whole crew. Uh, really, quite a dreadful movie, but uh, all those two-headed movies are great. Uh, uh, you know, they're just fun. A lot of fun. Uh, Some kind of hate is a Best Buy exclusive uh, with uh, a no-name cast that is basically another female vengeance movie. But uh, it's stylish and it's it could be worse. So you know uh, if that's your if that's your thing, then by all means check it out. Uh, it's not you know it's not badly made. It's just it's okay. That also comes out on the third. Another one that comes out on the third is Charlie's Farm. Uh, you know, d- kind of standard deal. Don't you wander across this uh, house in the middle of nowhere? This little farm in the middle of nowhere, and uh, he, the wrong guy lives there. And the only thing that makes this interesting is that Kane Hodder plays the baddie. Kane Hodder, it, like Robert Englund, has made a career out of playing baddies. He, of course, was the original uh, Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and that's kind of all he does is he plays psycho killers. And then lastly, of those coming out next week, we do want to give once more a big shout-out to Mike Mendez uh, for Lavalantula, more big, giant, big-ass spiders. And uh, it is every bit as, uh, as wonderful and hysterical as, uh, as the original big-ass spider. Steve Gutenberg, what great casting. Nia Peoples, come on, give it up for the 80s casting. Nia Peoples and Steve Gutenberg, how awesome is that? Gotta yeah. love that. It's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. So, yay, uh, yay Mike Mendez. Yay, Mike Mendez, La And then, of course, uh, by way of reminder, Halloween Tales is in theaters right now. You can see Mike Mendez's uh, Friday the 31st. All right, I've not seen any of these. I'm just going to tell you that they're around. And then Wade's, are you going through all those? I'm gonna, you know, I haven't seen half of these either. I'm just going to mention them. All right. We, we, we totally ran out of time this week. Can't, can't watch any of this stuff. But it's out there. We've got to just make mention of it. 
All right, we have a, uh, Awaken with uh, Jason London, Daryl Hannah, Robert Davi, with, and Vinnie Jones. So if it's Vinnie Jones, Daryl Hannah, and Robert Davi, you already know what you're in for. Basically, it's a group of uh, young kids wake up on a, on a tropical island, and uh, they're caught up in this whole thing with selling body parts. I'm sure it's terrible. Uh, Dead Rising Watchtower. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, you guys will be into this because it's based on the worldwide video game phenomenon. That's so <laughs> what it says in the box. Oh my gosh! Anyway, okay. so uh, Dead Rising Watchtower. If you know about Dead Rising, then uh, maybe you pay, play the game. Then uh, go nuts. It's got an okay cast. Virginia Madsen's in it. Rob Riggle, who's usually pretty funny. I don't know, you know. And uh, Dennis Haysbert's in it for some reason. So there you go. What else? Uh, Paranormal Island with Lance Henriksen and uh, Brianna Evigan. I wonder if he's, uh, she's uh, related to uh, um, who was that guy Evigan who was in Greg, the, Evigan. Greg Evigan. Greg, my two dads. Uh, yes. uh, BJ and the Bear. Yeah, right. Greg, yeah. Anyway, it's about a bunch of college kids. They take a summer job and uh, they work at a bar in the middle of a lake, and all sorts of crazy stuff happens. Again, did not see this. I'm sure it's terrible. Paranormal Island. We have uh, from the director of Maniac. I lived. And this uh, stars uh, pretty much uh, nobody you've heard of. So, got nothing to say about that. <laughs> Kevin, S- Kevin, Kevin Sorbo, starring in Black Box. Kevin Sorbo, of course, starred in uh, the Hercules or uh, uh, some medieval thing. I can't remember. And uh, now there's a, a mysterious black box. And uh, you open up this black box and uh, your desires, uh, secret desires might come true. Very exciting. Wonderful. There's uh, Brad Dourif, by the way. Brad Dourif, uh, uh, he should be doing uh, better stuff than this. Not really happy with that. But anyway, black box. All right. A uh, bunch of stuff on Blu-ray. This is our last batch of Blu-rays for before we dive into the, uh, just straight DVD stuff. Uh, Eli Roth presents. Uh, it's always a, a, the scary giveaway. Uh, the Stranger. Eli Roth had nothing to do with this. He's just slap his name on it, which he's doing a lot these days. He's becoming a presentation credit uh, monopolizer. But uh, anyway, uh, you know what? Uh, this is not. This is not terrible. Um, so it, 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 uh, some of the stuff Eli Roth's been slapping his name on has been pretty awful, but uh, by way of just sort of uh, sleazy chillers, this is this is okay. Um, we've also got uh, We Are Still Here, uh, which is a, a, a decent kind of spooky ghost house movie with uh, a decent cast. This was uh, this is from Dark Sky Films, which is a division of MPI. And, uh, you know, I, I always like good ghost story movies, so this is pretty scary. Uh, stuff I've only watched a little bit of. I Spit on Your Grave 3, Vengeance is Mine. Y- you know, I mean, it was already stretching it with the first film. The first film's a cult film for a reason, which is it, it should never be remade, and it should certainly not have any sequels. I Spit on Your Grave 3, completely superfluous and repetitive. There are better films that do the same story. Uh, the Exorcism of Molly Hartley. This is the unrated version uh, from 20th Century Fox. Not a great exorcism movie. Uh, you watch about 10 minutes of this, you'll be like, okay, I've seen this done 20 times way better. Uh, the Bloodlands, um, more kind of stalker, slashery stuff. Uh, it really doesn't do anything that other movies haven't done uh, much, much better as well. That's from Magnolia. And uh, then lastly, surprisingly uh, creepy, is uh, Last Shift. This is from Magnet, the uh, genre wing of um, uh, Magnolia. 
And uh, this is genuinely really, really chilly and creepy and has some unbelievably horrific uh, imagery in it. And uh, I can't say I really enjoyed that, but, boy, I, I, I'll tell you, this director, uh, Anthony de Blasi, he's got some skills. So look for this guy to really uh, be, be bringing it in some future films. There's some really haunting stuff in this thing. Last Shift. Eerie Creepy. Yes. Oh, oh. well, I can keep. Me? I can keep going. Yeah, I know you will. All right, I'll keep going. Uh, culty stuff. All right, we got some kind of groovy culty stuff here. Um, the Andy Milligan Grindhouse Experience. Uh, three films here: The Body Beneath, Guru, The Mad Monk, and The Ghastly Ones. Uh, Andy Milligan probably means absolutely nothing to most of you, but he's another one of those low-budget horror auteurs. And uh, these are all really, really kind of lowbrow, late 60s, early 70s uh, slasher films. They have a really almost uh, kind of gore-era uh, snuff film feel to them. Pretty pretty creepy. Uh, there's a, a commentary on here with uh, Fred Olin Ray for The Ghastly Ones, and then another commentary with uh, David Decoteau, who I guess is somebody I should know, for Body Beneath. Uh, Fred Olin Ray is much more significant of a, of a figure to uh, give you a commentary on this particular genre. And then we also have um, Shockathon, a double feature of Shriek of the Mutilated and Garden of the Dead. Uh, two more films that uh, really are kind of from a very, very obscure era, uh, in the early 70s. Um, you know, kind of whatever. It's They are what they are. I mean, it's, you know, the, the, the only thing that's interesting here is that Shriek of the Mutilated there's a, involves a, a hunting for, they're, they're like looking for Bigfoot. But otherwise, uh, you know, it's, it's early 70s stuff. And uh, a movie that I actually did see once, and I'd forgotten that I'd seen it until this came in, and I just thought, oh, my gosh, I remember that movie, is Shakma. Oh, my gosh. Do you remember this, Mark, about the killer baboon? Uh, no. Oh, my gosh. This is, the, this is the craziest freaking weird movie I ever made. This is just completely surreal. Um, completely forgot that this thing existed. This is from the late 80s, and, um, man, this thing is just, this is just totally weird. This is a, an absolute mind trip of a movie. I completely forgot this existed. Anyway, um, might have been the early 90s. I can't remember. I think late 80s, early 90s. Anyway, I remember seeing this thing. This was at like a midnight movie festival, and it, it just, it's the wrong thing to see at 2 in the morning. Anyway, there you go. That's from Code Red, Shakma, Killer Baboon. Are you checked out? <laughs> you look like you're exhausted. I'm always exhausted. All right. I have to be working at 7 a.m. All right. I'm always well, exhausted. Okay. So let's, let's blow through the last ones of these, and we'll just finish this off. Uh, Mary, Mary, Bloody Mary uh, with Christina Ferrari, formerly the wife of uh, John DeLorean, who's in the news again because of the car that he invented that went back to the future, and we're now all entirely in the past as far as yeah. back to the future. How's that for a connection? Uh, Christina Ferrari uh, actually had a, a very brief acting career, and she starred in things like Mary, Mary, Bloody Mary. Uh, along with John Carradine when he was kind of on the tail end of his career. Uh, this is from uh, Horizon and Code Red. Uh, not really worth watching unless you like Christina Ferrari, which I think she's wonderful, but uh, there's nothing here by way of this being a worthwhile film to watch. Um, let's see. Here's some other stuff. Uh, Blood Punch with uh, a bunch of no-name actors. Uh, apparently this is, uh, this is midnight releasing. This is supposed to be kind of scary. 
Um, let's see what else we got here. The Horror Network. Oh my gosh, I actually watched a little bit of this. Um, this thing is insane. Um, the this is an anthology, and uh, it's a really low budget anthology, but it's kind of effective. Uh, I don't know any of the directors, but uh, it, 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 this is kind of tales from the crypty, actually. Uh, the Horror Network, really, really some twisted stuff in here. So the, some of these people are probably going to do something. For anthologies, that's probably a really good one to go with this week. Uh, Neon Maniacs. Uh, this is also from uh, Code Red. This, is, uh, this takes place in San Francisco. has some absolutely horrendous uh, makeup effects in it. But uh, as far as, you know, gore films and uh, the idea of, you know, the, this, like, uh, underground... This horrific horror underground of killers. Yeah, whatever. I mean, it, you know, it's, I guess, sure, knock yourselves out. Uh, what else do we have here, Mark? I don't know. We have a bunch of stuff I haven't seen. Uh, Death's Door. Um, boy, let's just, uh, we got, we're just completely out of time here. So we got Death's Door, which is a, uh, a torture porn film that uh, really should probably go away. Uh, the Invoking 2, which... Uh, d- did you ever see the, the Invoking? No. I didn't either. I didn't know there was such a movie as The Invoking. Anyway, this is The Invoking 2, uh, which is a ghost movie. Uh, looks kind of scary. Wasn't able to get to it. And uh, Nightmare Uncut. Uh, this is 35 years old. This is the 35th anniversary, and I never heard of it. This is a 1981 horror film. And I got to tell you, I, if there's a 1981 horror film I haven't heard of, it must be really, really crazily low, low budget. Um, so anyway, Nightmare Uncut, 80s classic, and uh, The Death of April, which is a uh, kind of a creepy uh, ghost movie. Uh, so, you know, uh, for, the, for, the, uh, for the college set. Oh, wait, I got some stuff I have never heard of. So I'm going to tell you they exist. Eaters, that exists. Uh, Plague So Pleasant, that exists. Queen Crab, that exists. June, that exists. Uh, Blunt Force Trauma. I'm surprised no one's ever come up with a movie until now called Blunt Force Trauma, but there it is. So it's Frida Pinto, uh, unfortunately. Oh, no kidding, really? I know. Mickey Rourke, who is just looking more and more horrifyingly uh, carved up in in the face as ever. Uh, Nocturna. Which uh, stars nobody, and uh, also I didn't see Gravy, which is a movie. You didn't, you know. June is actually kind of sort of worth mentioning. To okay, be then go ahead and mention it. Well, no, June is uh, is one of those. Um, it's kind of like a quasi low budget carry in in a way. Uh, it's. It, I'd it, rather rewatch Carry. Yeah, you, well, you're you're probably better off watching Carry, but uh, you know, it, it, June actually has kind of a it's sort of got like a little following. It's one of those telekinetic uh, evil child movies. See, she's like making knives fly around. I, I I did not have a chance to watch it, but I I know some people who actually really really like it. So they they. Maybe I'll hang on to that one and uh, and, and watch it. Uh, Gravy. Oh my gosh, James Rode. Uh, James Rode is kind of a horror auteur. Uh, this is a, this is a really great cast, believe it or not. Michael West and Sarah, Sil- Sarah Silverman, uh, Gabri Sidibe from uh, from you know Oscar nominated performance. Yeah, and, and, uh, Dreamgirls. Uh, no, no, the other one, uh, 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 Precious. Precious, thank you. <laughs> uh, boy, I'll tell you, they, they, they James Rode just mu- they, people must really like working with him. He he just seems to be able to talk people into doing things. That's Fascinating. Anyway, uh, no gravy. This takes place on Halloween night, and uh, all things go wrong at a uh, Mexican cantina. You don't want to go to a Mexican cantina on Halloween. No siree. Things will just not go well. And the word gravy is your giveaway. Look out. Yeah. 
And uh, what else do we got here? Nocturna. It's a friggin' vampire movie with Jonathan, Jonathan Skeck, who just, I expected him to have so much of a better career. I really did. Didn't you expect him to have a better career? Well, after that thing you do. Yeah. He was good in that. He was. I love that movie. Yeah, uh, whatever. Uh, I've lost track of what we've even mentioned here. Uh, Hidden, uh, Extinction, uh, Run, Hide, Die, and Salome and the Forbidden, which is, uh, is some kind of Clive Barker thing. So, uh, anyway. Oh, yeah, this is... Cl- oh, this is... Uh, I know what this is. This is... Um, Wrapping it up too, way too quickly here. No, Salome and the Forbidden. Um, this is a uh, this is a Clive Barker stuff from the 1970s. Um, this is definitely worth checking out if you're a, if you're a Clive Barker fan because Clive Barker back in the 1970s he uh, he made some like student films with some friends of his, and that's what both of these are: Salome and the Forbidden. Uh, those these are those two films. Each one's about a half an hour long. Um, uh, I have actually seen the Forbidden. I saw it a long time ago. Pretty creepy. Definitely interesting. Uh, so, uh, yeah, there you go. Check that out. All right. With that, Mark, we are done. Um, quickly. <laughs> eh, we know. said a lot of stuff, but really not a whole lot of information not this week, Wade. So, so um, if, seriously, if you're going to pick three films, I'll give you three films to recommend for Halloween to somebody. Well, I guess I would probably have to say Halloween. Uh, really? Well, yeah. okay, fair enough. Fair Wait, enough. so you you would not say Halloween? No, I don't. I don't recommend slasher films to anybody. Okay, then how about okay? Then how about uh, uh, Silence of the Lambs? Uh huh. That's a good one, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, how? So I'll, I'll give you Silence of the Lambs. I will give you Bride of Frankenstein. Okay. And I will give you. Um, I see what you're doing there. <laughs> and you know, I don't like it. Okay. Wait, what? Are, and? I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna make you. Uh, and I'll give you Rosemary's Baby. There you go. Uh, you know what? I'll say uh, Carnival of Souls, Repulsion. Right. That's good. Yeah. And uh, The Innocence, the old Jack Clayton film uh, with uh, with you know the, the the whole ghost story based on Henry James. Great film. Fantastic. That's, really too, little, that's too literary for me. I, too I, literary. I'm not that bright. Okay. Fine. All right. Very good. Well, that is it. That is our show for Halloween week. We will be back uh, next week. And then remember the week of uh, Thanksgiving and uh, Black Friday. That is our big holiday show. We will. Uh, we, we got some good fun, good surprises for you, good stuff. And uh, then we will be off the week after that because we will be in marathon mode for LAFCA voting. It, I have a feeling it's just going to be just unctuous this year. I got my straight out of Compton screener. Yeah, I did too. But you realize it's just going to be a it's an onslaught. Everything's late this year. It's going to be horrendous. We're going to oh. be watching like I, I'm gonna, my eyes are going to be bleeding by the time we're done with this. Anyway, all right. With that, we are out. See you next week.